Hello and welcome to Parenting with Play. I'm really pleased you're here today because if you have a child and you're considering sending them to daycare or they've started at daycare and you want some help about how to settle them in, Steph is your woman. Now, Steph Fleeton is a fellow aware parenting instructor and she runs a family daycare center. So I'm really excited to introduce you to, to you, introduce her to you today to discover how to really best support your child when they do start going to daycare. So welcome, Steph. It's fantastic to have you here. Thank you so much for being on the call, on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I've been listening to your podcast since very beginning. So when you opened up for other people to come on board, I thought, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> awesome. I'm so pleased. So do you want to just give us a little bit of intro about you and what you do? Sure. Um, so I am an aware parenting instructor, as you mentioned, and I'm also an early childhood educator. Um, and I've been running my own family daycare since... 2015 so I guess six and a half years now although I did have a few years break um, when I had my second child because he had a medical condition um, and I do have a background in psychology and counselling as well so I do incorporate those into my family daycare and into my aware parenting work as well um, ooh, what else um, I have two children um, aged eight and four and I guess I came across aware parenting when I was pregnant with my first child. So I have been practicing aware parenting from the beginning with him. Um, it has been a challenge because I was not raised with aware parenting. Um, I mean, I had an amazing childhood and my parents were always really supportive and all that. But, you know, there was just, you know, a few of those elements missing like, um, freedom of emotional expression and attachment play and things like that but um yeah it was like life-changing and it's something that I bring to my family daycare every day gosh what lucky kids so how many kids are in your daycare so running a family daycare there are rules laws regulations that have to be followed so the ratio is four under school age children and three school aged children. So a maximum of seven at any one time. Sounds exhausting just even hearing about it. Yeah. And that includes wow. your own children. Your own children aren't excluded from that ratio. Okay. So you have your youngest with you then? And uh, my eldest because he's homeschooled. Okay. Mm. Um, okay. So if so let's start off with what would you recommend because obviously you run your own family daycare but you've obviously had experience with parents who've you know sent their children to larger daycare centers so you sort of got a good overview about what's helpful what to look for what not to look for so for somebody who might be starting out going okay I now need to look for care for my child, my you know baby or child because I've got to go back to work. What what are the key things that you would say that's important to to really consider? Um, I would consider looking around. Like, don't just go with somewhere that's close or convenient. Obviously, they are factors, you know, especially for working parents. Um, but at the end of the day, every parent wants what's best for their child. So, you know, to keep your options open, um, some centres are really great. Some family daycares are 
you know, um, not so great, you know, it just depends. So it's really important to, you know, go there. And I recommend going with your child because children are very good judges of character. And if you find that, that your child is just not responding well to educators, even though you think they seem fantastic on paper, well, then, you know, you need to take your child's considerations into account because they're the ones that have to spend every day with those educators. Do you know, um, I hadn't even thought about that, <laughs> taking my child with me. Um, I know that I looked around schools and, you know, preschools and deciding, and I must have taken my kids with me, but I don't know. I just thought about what I felt. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, to take your child is obviously, mm-hmm. I mean, now you say it, it's, of course it's obvious, but because we have our reaction and then obviously our children have their reactions too. So yeah, that's a great, that's a great idea. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, it does come to trusting your own tu- intuition as a parent as well. Um, generally, you know, when you step into a place, you know, it's, oh, I shouldn't be continuing in here. Um, or, oh, this is really amazing. And then, you know, you get to know the educator and, you know, you get to see when you take your child, you can see how the educators interact with your children, you know, and it's very important when you go for that initial interview that, um, you see how they're interacting with the not just your child, but, you know, if you go to the interview during um, care hours to see how the educators are interacting with the children already there, you know, um, are they responsive? You know, do they get down on the level of the children? Um, are they using empathy? Um are they accepting the children's emotions? You know, you obviously don't want somewhere where, you know, there's, you know, harsh punishments and timeouts and things like that. Um, so, yes, I would say definitely try and take your child if you can. Pay attention to um, the educators, how they interact, not just with you, but also your child. Like, you know, are they ignoring your child just to specifically focus on you and you know say that little spiel or are they you know paying attention to your child and you know interrupt you know feeling like they can say okay can you just wait a minute because your child's asking something and I just want to quickly hear what they have to say you know that's really important you know so that you know that your child's gonna you know be really cared up cared for and um that their needs are important to the educators um yes I'd heard of place of people who went to look around daycare centres and hearing how uh, some, you know really are not very nice places and they're hearing that you know they're treating the children in their care whilst somebody is coming to look around their centre then you know what are they doing when when so- there's not somebody there witnessing it but also so it, it really is important to trust your gut instinct mm. it is it is it's really important and um word of mouth does help too you know um a lot of people now do rely on testimonials and reviews and things like that so they can see how um current or past families have felt about those places um you know obviously every child and every family is different so there might be you know occasional negative reviews but that might have not been anything personal that could have just been that didn't suit that particular family um and any red flags to look out for like going oh no I mean I suppose you've mentioned it with seeing how they do respond yeah so red flags for me if I was looking for care for my children would be um how the educator interacted with me and also interacted with my child 
um, what the environment looks like. Is it nice and neat and clean and tidy? Um, is there lots of space for the children to do imaginative play or is there just like all these toys everywhere and it's just so cluttered that children would just feel overwhelmed? You know, children respond best to spaces where um, like minimalism, they, they like, you know, um, a few you know, just like, you know, it's nice and neat and tidy. There's not too much clutter going on. There's plenty of free space so they can, you know, wrestle and create these wild imaginative games. Um, there's a lot of open-ended resources, you know, to support their imagination. You know, there's less of these noisy toys and things like that. Um, one thing that can be evident in family daycare, I'm not sure about centres, is the use of screens. Um, I Do don't, they use screens in centres? I'm not sure. I'm assuming sometimes they would, and it's important that, you know, in today's society, yes, you do use technology. So, you know, um, if a child says, oh, what do... Um, what sound does an elephant make? And obviously, you know, you can try making it yourself. You can say, oh, let's look at a little YouTube video and just see what noise they make. And, you know, you could find a nice little one with a family of elephants and things. So then it adds educational value. Um, but there have been like, for example, daycares I've walked into where I've got bought resources from them and they've had the TV on and it's just oh, like okay. on. And, you know, the children are kind of just sitting there, just staring at it, you know, not interacting. Um, and I just think to myself, you know, how, how long have you had this TV on for? Like, do you have on all the time? Um, and so I think it's really important to make note of that for parents is that, you know, you ask the educator, you know, how long is screen time for each day and, if it, you know, you do use screen time, what are you showing the children? Yeah. Because I know I would want to know what my children are watching. Like, you know, if it's, you know, like nice educational things that are relevant to their current interests, then sure. But if it's just like things that are out of context or it's used as like a babysitting tool, well, then I would question that. So let's, let's go to the fact time that, you know, they've chosen where to send their, mm -hmm. their child to. And now it's all about the separation anxiety and helping child adjust to life at daycare. How would you recommend parents best go about it? Uh, so I recommend honesty is the best policy. Mm -hmm. I recommend that you actually tell your child, you know, you know that place that we went to the other day and you really liked the educator and, you know, you were playing with all those toys. Well, you're going to go there for a couple of days a week. And I know it's going to be a really big change, but maybe we could do some role playing about that. So, you know, just working in play, you know, you can role play, you can, you know, use doll houses, little figurines, stuff, toys, you know, whatever you need to. Um, then also, you know, just using attachment play games to help them get over that anxiety, you know, give them that sense of powerfulness, you know, prepare them um, with new families that start here. I'm very flexible, like some families are like, oh, can we come for a few orientation days where I come with my child for a few hours and and I'm like, sure. And then other parents are just like, I'll just drop them off on the first day. And <laughs> See you later. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm very flexible about that. Like, I, you know, every child and family is different. Their needs are different. So, um, yeah, to 
prepare your child, I would definitely be honest and, you know, um, work through it with them, ask them, you know, how they're feeling about it. So that way you can um, talk with them and hold space. You know, if they have big feelings about it, you can hold space for those feelings for them. And um, role play is a really good one too, because then they can act it out. And then you can, you can see as a parent how they perceive it as well. So what sort of role play, how would you suggest sort of setting that up? Um, so I would set it up by, you know, working with what, um, current resources or toys that child is interested in at the moment, you know, um, like a child might be interested in cars. So you could kind of role play with cars or like I said, a doll's house with little dolls and, you know, you can, um, have, you know, the educator and then, you know, you have little one little one representing the child who they can choose and then you have little ones and you say, okay, so what are you going to do when you get to daycare today? Like, what should we do? And, you know, and then the child can be like, oh, well, I really liked playing with this toy or maybe I wonder who will be there. Maybe I might meet someone and we could be friends. And so you just let the child lead the way and just work with the child. So it's completely child directed, um, kind of like a special time, I guess, where, you know, you just go with the child and then they can work through it really well. And you don't have to teach in those moments. I know that I often have mums sort of going, well, should I use this as an instructional moment and to work through stuff? Or are you suggesting just letting the child just sort of go through whatever they're feeling without the mum going, oh, and you'll meet a lovely friend and you'll have a great time. And, you know, you're trying and into injecting that what would you recommend on that yeah I um I mean if you saw it as necessary but I wouldn't really inject stuff into it because you know I mean children might not like who they meet the first day you know (laughs) they might be like oh you're a bit loud or oh I don't really like dolls I prefer cars and you know it's it's a relationship building not just between educator and child but also child and child you know so every child knew that comes into the environment. The current children have to, you know, get to know them and then the new child has to get to know them. And so, you know, it's, you know, like this dance. And so it takes time. You know, it doesn't, you don't just plop a new child into an environment and they just, you know, they're friends with everyone straight away. So, um, yeah, I would... So just let the children, like your child, just have a couple of like cars or some toys and just sort of, oh, you're going to go to daycare today, you know, or whatever. And and just let them run with it rather than feeling that as a mum, you have to intervene so that they, so that, you know, you're instructing them that it's all going to be okay. You sort of help Hmm. them move through that. Is that what you? Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would do it that way. And I mean, you know, um, we don't know how the child's first day is going to go. So, you know, um, promising certain things or saying, oh, this is going to happen when you don't really know, then, you know, children start feeling concerned. They're just like, oh, why hasn't this happened? Or, you know, and then that can just lead to a few issues. But where if you're open and just let the child go with what they perceive it to be, and then, you know, at the end of the first day, you can say, oh, so how did it go? Was it like we played it out or did something else happen? And and, you know, you go from there and then they get a chance to tell you their story. So say your child comes home mm-hmm. and has had a terrible day and hates it and does not want to go back. Mm-hmm. How would you suggest tackling tackling that? 
at home. We'll talk about, you know, when when they're actually sort of back at the daycare centre. But, you know, when your child comes home and they're just miserable. Yeah. So, I mean, you've got to obviously know whether they're just miserable because this is a big, massive change and they're overwhelmed or because something happened to them at daycare. That's a really important distinction. Yes, go yeah. on. Yeah. yeah. So um, obviously if something happened to them at daycare, you'd want to address it straight to the educators. If, on the other hand, it's just the fact that it's this whole new thing and it's like a big change and it's just really overwhelming and they just were just like, I didn't know what to do. You know, all the other kids were playing and then I was just there and I felt, you know, all by myself and all alone. Well, you know, you can use different attachment play games, you know, pillow fights, things like that. Like if the child's, you know, angry that they just couldn't feel included, well, then you have a pillow fight or, um, you know, whatever you feel that your child, you know, responds to in that moment, just turn it into play basically. And then the laughter releases all that fear and anxiety. And then, you know, maybe once you they have that reconnection with you, they can, um, you know, tell you about their day and then you can hold space for them with that. And when you say hold space, do you want to elaborate a bit more on Yeah, so when I say hold space, I mean, you know, being like, give them your undivided attention, you know, you listen to what they say. If they're crying, you you know, you just sit there with them and say, I see that you're really upset and sad right now and I'm just going to sit here with you while you feel these feelings and I love you and I know it was a really hard day for you and... Oh, which can be really hard. I mean, mm. really, really hard for, for mums and parents to do that because, I mean, and this is a separate topic entirely, but, you know, they might, as a mum, you might be having guilt or, you you know, uh, I don't want to leave you or I do really want to go back to work, So, but I feel sad that you're unhappy. And, you know, it's very hard to actually listen. And I really want to acknowledge that it can be really hard to listen to your child being upset about something that you're essentially making them do <laughs> which they don't want to do mm-hmm. um so it's really important you know to to honor your own feelings and and we've talked about this in other episodes but um you know to have a listening partner and 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 to have that space for you to work through your feelings and offload that with somebody to listen to you so that you can then be with your child when mm-hmm. they're having a really big cry about being somewhere without you mm. Yeah. And I mean, that's an important thing too. So um, I kind of do that with my parents anyway. Like, yeah, I send them updates throughout the day. I send them um, text messages of photos. I, you know, let them know how their kids are going. And if their kids, um, you know, sometimes they get a little bit upset at drop-off, you know, depending on that temperament or if they've been ill and then they come back after a while, they're just that's almost like it's new yeah, it's again. Hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's new. It's hard coming back after, you know, an illness or time away. So, you know, I just, um, and sometimes the parents do need to go. And so I'm just like, it's okay. You know, I'll just hold space for them. So the kids will just sit on my lap and they'll cry and I'll say, I hear you miss mommy. You really want her to come back and she misses you too. And, and, you know, they'll sit on my lap and cry and then, you know, they look at me in the eye and then, you know, they're all fine. And so then I send their parents a text and say, um, you know, they were a bit upset for a little, a few minutes. They released some big feelings and I just sat with them and, you know, now they're happily playing and, you know, the parents write back and say, oh, thank you. I'm glad that you held space for them and, you know, that they are, 
you know, back to feeling happy and things like that. And so I think it's quite a remarkable thing that you do. Sorry, I just interrupted, but that because my experience, you know, my kids have been in beautiful places. Um, but there's often an emphasis on stopping the child from crying by any means possible, including, you know, a lot of distraction. Oh, let's go and do this, let's go and do that. Mm -hmm. So it's it's quite rare to have a childcare place that will have that space and that you know desire to to really be and listen to your child yeah. i know that patty whitfler who founded hand in hand she was a childcare director for i don't know she worked in childcare for 25 years and she would run her childcare centers when she got to director level with that model of really mm. sitting and listening to the children because it helps the child then to develop that connection with you isn't it because that's mm. so hard when children are first start go to daycare centers daycare because they don't have a connection with you and actually crying with you is very connecting Mm. it is it is because you're showing them that you're listening to them and that you're valuing what they're going through in that particular moment and it does build trust a lot quicker between educators and children because they know that no matter what they're feeling no matter how they're behaving you will accept them 100 percent which is and, wow <laughs> just even getting hearing this I'm feeling emotional I just think it's amazing <laughs> so how long do you find that the children do sit and cry with you in those moments I mean is it good I mean because you've got lots of, and this is what I'm often conscious of with you know preschool staff and childcare staff is that they've got other children to attend to so I know that I felt a bit uncomfortable going oh would you mind listening to my child crying because I was was conscious that they've got so much on their plate Mm. so first of all I'd love to hear how long generally does a child cry with you in those experiences in those moments and is it reasonable of us as parents to ask child care carers to do that so two different things how first of all let's start off with how long do you think how long do they often cry with you it honestly depends on the child, you know, some children are introverts and highly sensitive, and so they take longer to adapt to these situations um, and these changes, and so they'll cry longer. And then you have children who I mean, are you are, talking like half an hour, an hour, two hours? Um, the most I've had is probably like 20, 30 minutes. Okay, yeah. And that's not because I'm just like, okay, we've got to, you know, get on with our day. We're done now. Come on. Yeah. (laughs) That's because that's when that child has decided that, okay, I've released these big feelings and, you know, either that's all there is or that's enough for them in that moment. And how do you notice what they're like afterwards? They're happy. Like they're happy. Yeah. They're they're carefree. Um, You know, they, they either depending on the age because you know the older kids will you know play together but younger kids tend to play by themselves or parallel play you know with other kids not so much cooperative play so it does depend on the age but yeah they um they're happy (laughs) yeah I know and it's so funny hearing you describe it because there is something magical that happens when you have listened to a child Hmm. um often with your own child but also I mean I've listened to other people's children and there's something amazing that happens and like you said they're just happy they're they're fine you know they're great because they've had that chance to to cry with you and I think as parents we can get so worried going oh my gosh but I'm not there to look after listen to them or be with them or stop them and 
there's there's a big panic around it on part of us as parents and also I think from the staff as well going oh my god how long is this child going to cry for you know I don't have time to listen to it or this sort of belief that this child is then going to cry all the time but your experience obviously is it's totally different to that yeah um it is and you know one of the things that do come up too is well you've got other children like what do you do um so this is what I do <laughs> because parents are probably wondering like oh if you're listening to this child cry then what are you doing with this child and so um I mean being a family daycare you know I have a particular large room set up so you know um there's plenty of space but I can also see every single child at all times um and so you know I just sit with the upset child and the amazing thing is is that the children who have been with me longer they know what's about to happen and so you know sometimes at the beginning they might have distracted the child because they children have empathy so they're like oh here do you want this doll or like what can we do to make you happy because that's what they're used to at home and you know I just say to them oh um Mia's just got some big feelings right now she's really missing her mummy so I'm just gonna sit with her and you know just tell her that she's safe and that I hear that she misses her mummy and then the children eventually get to the point where they'll either sit with me and become part of that holding space container and it forms like this community of children and you know adults my husband does this too um and it's just amazing or you know they'll just be like okay and then they'll go off and play and they're not distressed by the Mm -hmm. fact another child is crying because they're like they understand that you know she's allowed to feel sad and she's allowed to feel upset in that moment and that's okay and so I'll just go and play until Steph's available to you know, come and see what I'm doing next. Oh, and Steph, if only there were lots of centres exactly run like you do. I mean, <laughs> it's just, that's so wonderful to hear because, you know, sometimes it can set off, you know, having one child crying can set off other children to cry, but yeah, that's and when they happen. haven't had the chance to have yeah. their feelings heard. And sometimes I do have two children sitting on my lap at once crying <laughs> Most sometimes it's about the same thing, you know, about drop off. Um, and so, you know, I just sit with both of them and they'll both look at me in the eyes and they'll both look at each other in the eyes. And like there's this real mutual connection and understanding of what's really happening. And that child feels like, oh, I'm not alone because this child's upset about the same thing. And then, you know, Steph's listening to us, so we must be safe here. And so, yeah, sometimes I have two children sitting on my lap crying and so it and it is doable you know like um and I think it's because you know there is this safe space and that you know um even children can feel free to sit with us or they can feel free to do you know play quietly by themselves or you know with each other and that I'm there I can still see them and so they know that they know that I haven't just completely shut them off and ignored them they know that I'm still aware of them but at the same time I'm still very aware and my focus is on the child who is upset wow amazing amazing so most centers don't do this but for centers for mums who are wanting um to send their child and for their child to experience that at drop-off, mm-hmm. how would you recommend that they ask? Because 
as much as I'd love everybody to experience what you offer, that's not always going to be possible. But, you know, what would you recommend that people ask for and that what's reasonable to ask for? You know, how would you how would you suggest how would you guide mums around this? Mm. So, I mean, it, it does depend on the centre philosophies and policies, and it does depend on the individual educators, how comfortable they are accepting a child's emotions. Um, and most and yeah. people aren't comfortable. I mean, most no. people struggle with adults, fellow adults' emotions, let alone child's emotions. So, yeah. Yeah. That's okay. Um, so I think you've got to, you know, gauge where I've had parents say to me, oh, how do you feel about crying? Because the last place, you know, Emma was at was um, they they didn't know what to do with her crying. In the end, they were just like, oh, maybe you should find somewhere else. Um, and so, you know, I guess that's also an important thing. You know, you have to, you know, you don't want to put unrealistic expectations on the educators to because then they're just going to stress out about it and then the child will feel that stress so I guess you ask the educator how they feel about you know a child expressing their emotions like what do they do when a child cries do they try and distract the child or you know things like that and then you know approach it and say it I have this way that we parent at home and, you know, it is backed by science and, you know, you can just give a little spiel on a where parenting or hand-in-hand -hand approach and, you know, engage. And if the educator's open and is like, oh, I didn't know about that, but I'm really interested in learning more, well, then you supply them with resources like this podcast. You know, there's so much information out there now um, that can help educators. You know, a lot of it is targeted towards parents, but educators can still get a lot out of that I mean I started aware parenting as a parent not an educator which it gives you an, a, a special insight because mm. you're obviously doing it to your own child rather than you know somebody else's so it can be mm. a bit more stressful then but yeah that's yeah I, I like that balance of obviously asking for what's important you know for your child and also recognizing that you don't want to place undue pressure on the mm -hmm. child's care mm -hmm. at there um but I mean I I you know, often just like even just listening for two minutes, you know, even oh. that's why I was interested to know how long, you know, the longest child cried with you for. Because, um, it might, you know, it probably would be unreasonable to expect an, uh, an educator to l listen to like for 20, 30 minutes. But, you know, even just listening to five minutes, that's a yeah. five minute chunk of crying oh. that that child has had an opportunity to release. Yeah. I mean, two minutes, it can feel like a long time in the middle of it, but it's actually not that long. Mm. No, it's not. And it's also you can look at it as, you know, two minutes or five minutes of building a strong, supportive relationship with that child. That's 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 the in, Steph. That's the way of doing it, because often when we look around places, we go, oh, this is lovely. And the you know, the educators are gorgeous, you know, so off you go, dear, <laughs> go and, and play and you'll be great. But of course, it's so important for our children to develop that connection with their educators, with their carers. Um, and that takes time. But for having that person listening to your child, that sort of fast tracks mm. that connection, really, doesn't it? It does. It really does. I mean, um, I've never not done this. 
<laughs> so I can't say what it's like to not listen to a child because um, I've always known how important it is. Um, but, yeah, it does. I mean, you know, the kids in my care settle in really quickly and, you know, I've had some come from traumatic experiences in other centres and in other daycares and, um, yeah, it it take it does take a lot of hard work on the part of the educators, um, but it is doable. I mean, in centres, there's a higher child to educator ratio, so there is more children, and obviously, it is a bigger space. But you know, centres can work around that. They could have like a dedicated educator that literally just welcomes you know the children into care and like really pays attention to the feelings of every child as they come in you know and so and sees oh you're settled you're you're gone and played with the kids you're happy oh you're a bit upset maybe I should spend a little bit extra time with you and mm. and you know and that educator can be an educator who has taken the time to you know learn a little bit more about aware parenting and similar approaches and feels comfortable in you know listening to a child's feelings um yeah mm. yeah because of course we all want the what's best for the child you know we all want them to settle in really well mm. it's just having an understanding about what is the best way and often we do think it's best to distract and once we stop our children from mm. crying that that means that they're okay but obviously we know that children need to release that and, and they need to release it with somebody who's really caring for them, a caring adult. So, yeah, it's so great to hear, Steph. Honestly, I bet everybody listening is going, I want my child to come to your daycare, <laughs> your family daycare centre. Um, just in conjunction with this, because we could talk more about this, but what would you recommend parents do at home? We've obviously talked a bit about role play. Mm-hmm. Are there any other things that you would recommend? What do you recommend to the to the parents who who bring their children to you to help them with separation anxiety and starting that they can do at home? I guess talking about it, you know, I mean, if your child has already been in a daycare before and you're just switching daycares, then they kind of know what to expect. But if you've got a child, especially an older child, like um, younger children, like infants, um, they kind of don't really know any better you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So if you've got a child like a toddler or upwards, they kind of have some inclination of this, this isn't my normal, what the hell's going on? Like why I don't know you and it's a little bit scary and different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so I just play, play that involves like, you know, power reversal games because they're going to, you're putting them in a situation where they don't feel powerful. So if you, you know, fill that cup up with all these power reversal games where, you know, they're the ones on top when they go into this environment where they feel overwhelmed and helpless and, you know, they've got more, um, I guess, you know, body armour with them to help them get through until they adjust. And, you know, every child adjusts differently. Some are more adaptable than others. And, and you as a parent know how your child responds to new situations. And so, you know, best how to help them yeah it can sometimes you can sometimes feel a bit worried about it but I think finding somewhere that you're at least comfortable knowing that you're leaving your child there that's a big that helps hmm. with your own levels of anxiety and then yeah. knowing yeah as you say play and then holding space for your children when they hmm. are upset it really is I say it's always simple but it's not always easy but that really the 
you know, the two things that really will help your child and settle in well. And I would also add um, listening partnerships for the parents because children will pick up on your stress and your anxiety and your insecurities. So it's important for parents to deal with, you know, their own emotions about sending their children to care. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, thank you so much. I've loved listening to you and hearing how you, you know, how you are with your children in your care. It just sounds wonderful. So thank you so much. Can you let, I mean, obviously you've, you can only have a limited number of children in your care at any one time, but do you just want to let us know where people can find you? Um, so I do have a website, spiritedhearts.net. I am also on Instagram and Facebook under the same names, Spirited Hearts Natural Learning. Um, so you can find me there. Um, put links in the show notes. Yes. Um, and, you know, even though I can only have obviously a certain amount of children in my care at times, I um, do offer support and consultations to parents. And, you know, for those of you who are listening, um, this would be perhaps a really good episode to share with your daycare centers too that you can let you know that they can learn from Steph's experience and wisdom and you know how she does help children adjust so you know if you're wondering okay how do I adjust this maybe this episode could be really helpful to share with your uh your daycare centers um to help just introduce them to the concept of listening to crying and then obviously Steph has got lots of support that she can offer on a one-to-one level and then obviously I've got annoying to amazing <laughs> and all this other <laughs> stuff. You know, there you're right, Steph. There's lots of resources out there that people can now find out about this. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, thank you so much for for agreeing to come on. It's been lovely having you. I'm really grateful that you're here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and you can see how you can implement what we talked about today with your children and family. Be sure to hit subscribe in your podcast app to know when each episode is released. And I would love it if you could leave a review and share with your friends. And if you want to shout less and connect more, head over to parentingwithplay.com.au to download my quick guide of five simple games, which you can start playing straight away. You really can transform your everyday parenting challenges with connection and fun. So have a great week and enjoy playing.